0: Hello, everybody. This is Joseph P. Farrell, back with you after the holiday vacation with news and views from the Nefarium on Thursday, January 11th, 2024. This is our first news and views of 2024, and this one is a very interesting one. I want you to pay attention. But first, I want to thank all of you that took the time out during the holidays to send in articles, emails, comments, Uh, They are most appreciated. Uh, I have a lot of them coming up in this weekend's uh, honorable mentions. So be sure to check that out. A lot of good articles there that all of you spotted and sent along. And the other thing I want to thank everybody for is all of the well wishes on my birthday. Uh, Yesterday was my birthday. So thank you for... Uh, all of your kind words uh and hopefully I'll have many more of the <laughs> more of those. Don't forget tomorrow we have our first vid chat of twenty twenty four and this vid chat I think I'm going to start early just to be on the safe side. They are predicting some winter weather where I'm at, and usually those predictions fizzle out but nonetheless i want to make sure i get the vid chat recorded and in the can so i will probably start early tomorrow so please uh notify yourself or whatever you have to do to make sure that you get into the vid chat on time i'll probably start around twelve thirty or one o'clock somewhere in there get your comments and questions in please by no later than 10 o'clock this evening. Now, this vid chat is unusual. I've asked people for their predictions for 2024. Uh, We thus far do not have that many submissions or questions. Most of them are not on um, your predictions for 2024, and I don't care. You know, these vid chats are for you. We go wherever you want to go. So you don't have to limit yourself to the predictions, but please make sure you do get your comments and questions in no later than 10 o'clock US Central Time this evening so that I have time to print out the questions and go through them before I hit the sack. Now, let's get started. Most of you know that I've been following this movement in the United States where several states have taken steps to distance themselves from the Federal Reserve and quite frankly I think with a great deal of justification this government is out of control and it's out of control particularly in its monetary and fiscal policies and several states in the United States have passed bullion resolutions they've decided to open up bullion depositories They're passing constitutional money resolutions. They're passing resolutions and laws to remove the sales tax on gold and silver. And their reasoning for doing so is you don't tax money. Okay? Money is what you pay taxes with. So there's a lot of movements going on to decentralize the control of the money supply and to remove it from private hands. Now... Over the years, and this is something if you've paid attention to Catherine Fitz and me when we're doing her Solari wrap-ups, you'll be aware of the fact that both she and I have been cautioning people that merely starting a bullion depository is not enough. Because the next thing you have to do if you really want that kind of system of money is you have to start talking about the convertibility of any certificates of deposit, not only using them for money, but you have to be able to redeem those certificates, and that's what I mean by convertibility. You have to be able to take them to your bank and get whatever amount is specified on those certificates in the form of bullion. Now. I've been warning that the bullion depositories could be a sneaky way, in other words, for the central bank to sneak in so-called gold-backed cryptocurrencies or central bank digital currencies. Without that issue of convertibility and the ability to use that stuff as money in everyday transactions or even to pay your taxes then all of it is just talk. Well, there is a bill before the Kansas legislature in the Kansas State Senate. And, you know, I've lived in Topeka, so this bill kind of intrigues me because this bill appears to be the most carefully thought out bill thus far. And incidentally... It's going back to a previous period in American history. We'll get back to that in a minute. But I want to read the first four paragraphs of this article. I will link it for you. And I want you to pay in particular attention to the third paragraph, and I will probably read it twice so that its true impact hits home. So here we go. It's datelined yesterday, January 10th, 2024, Topeka, Kansas. Quote, a bill filed in the Kansas Senate would make gold and silver legal tender in the state and would effectively repeal the state capital gains tax on the same. Passage into law would eliminate barriers to using gold and silver in everyday transactions a foundational step for people to undermine the Federal Reserve's monopoly on money. The Senate Federal and State Affairs Committee introduced Senate Bill 303 last year, and it will carry over into the 2024 session. Under the proposed law, specie coins issued by the U.S. government or any other specie that a court of competent jurisdiction designates would be legal tender in the state of Kansas and recognized as a medium of exchange for the payment of debt and taxes. Folks, let me interrupt there and say that's a wow. Because literally what it means is you'll be able to take your bag of gold and silver coins to the Kansas State Treasury and use those to pay off your taxes. So the other thing I anticipate that Kansas is going to have to do is what other states have done, is they're going to have to establish a bullion depository. We'll get back to that. But I want to continue now with the all-important third paragraph. I want you to listen to this very, very closely. Quote, Specie is defined as a, quote, coin having gold or silver content or refined gold or silver bullion that is coined, stamped, or imprinted with its weight and purity and value primarily based on its metal content and not its form, Unquote. So in other words, if you have a little coin that is from, let's say, a private mint and it's a... a Let's say it's a five ounce gold coin and that coin is stamped that it's five ounces of 24 karat gold pure, 99% pure, uh, five troy ounces of gold. Then that counts and qualifies as specie because the value of the coin is determined by its content, not what's stamped on it. So let's continue with the next paragraph. By allowing the court to designate additional specie to be used as legal tender, Kansas could free its citizens from potential supply constraints imposed by the use of only United States minted gold and silver coin. More importantly, the people of the state of Kansas would be able to define what specie is con- considered constitutional tender further distancing themselves from potential control of their competing currency by Washington, D.C., Now, folks, all of this, when I read this, I thought, holy cow, this is, of all of the legislation I've seen thus far from various states dealing with the issue of bullion and specie, this is the most clearly spelled out. And the definition of specie here is all important because what it means is the courts can designate any specie. It doesn't have to be uh, minted by the United States Mint and have the stamp United States Dollars on it. It could be South African Gold Krugerons or what have you. It could be literally anybody's specie coin. It could be Gold and silver from communist China or Singapore or India or what have you. So in other words, the definition here of specie is what is freeing up the money supply. In other words, you don't have to transact in things that are stamped dollars. You can transact in weights of specie and those in turn are are what are defining the units of value. So this, to me, is very interesting. And I want to go a little bit further to one more paragraph in this article before I tell you what this is hearkening back to. And the answer is quite surprising. There's a paragraph toward the end of this article that reads as follows. Quote, the Federal Reserve destroys this constitutional monetary system by creating a monopoly based on its fiat currency. Now, let me stop right there. The issue really isn't the fiat part of it. The issue is that it's a fiat currency created out of thin air that is monetized debt. In other words, simply to use it, you are trading interest-bearing notes. So, in other words, it's not even fiat currency, it's fiat debt. Let's continue. Without the backing of gold or silver, the central bank can easily create money out of thin air. It's not creating money, as I've, as I've said many times, folks. Monetized debt is the facsimile of money. Please grab that principle. This not only devalues your purchasing power over time, it allows the federal government to borrow and spend far beyond what would be possible in a sound money system. So, in other words, in a sound money system, you have to have X amount of gold or silver. You have to have that convertibility. And with it, then, comes something that we're going to talk about in a minute called the reserve requirement. Without the Fed, the U.S. government wouldn't be able to maintain all of its unconstitutional wars and programs, like supporting a war in the Ukraine, or Israel for that matter, while at the same time flooding the country with gobs of immigrants and handing out phones and money to them. (laughs) It's that simple. The Federal Reserve is the engine that drives the most powerful government in the history of the world. Now, Folks, all of this business about accepting specie as currency and allowing any specie minted or coined anywhere to be defined as legal tender, this all goes back to the era of President Andrew Jackson and the war against the central bank, the second central bank of the United States and which he was eventually successful in getting rid of. As a result of this, during the Jackson era, there were several states that passed exactly these types of resolutions concerning what counted in that state as legal tender, and many of them, especially, uh, I believe it was South Carolina, went so far as to say, we will accept any species that has you know, regardless of where it originates from. And that meant essentially that they would accept Mexican silver pesos in circulation, which incidentally happened for a period of time in this country. Uh, Mexico minted a lot of uh, silver coinage that was of high quality and, and uh, high refine. pardon me, high refinement and exact weight. And that became... Uh, legal tender in many places in the South in this country. So we're returning to a Jacksonian program. Now, here's where we're still falling a bit short. If you are going to make this whole system work, you're also going to have to have a system of state banks, as in North Dakota. And those banks, in turn, should be the banks of record and public account for their state governments. That means the state banks run their pension funds and so on and so forth. Now, Catherine Fitz has been arguing for this for quite some time, and I agree with her. But the second thing the state banks should be able to do is to issue notes on the state bank. And again... This was done during the Jacksonian era, and in fact, if you study carefully, that system, or hints of it, I should say, continue to be used in the Confederacy after their secession. I say hints of it because the system is not exactly the same, for reasons that I can't get into here. But interestingly enough, if you're going to start a state bank and issue treasury notes, Then the next thing that is going to have to be addressed by these states considering these measures is how this affects the chartering of banks within their state and also what the reserve requirements of specie should be. Now technically, if you are going to have this kind of system, you should have a 100% specie reserve requirement. In other words... If someone brings in $100 of silver or gold specie and puts it in your bullion depository and you issue to that person a $100 certificate of deposit and that person in turn uses that certificate of deposit to conduct business, you should not be able to circulate any more certificates of deposit on the basis of the gold or silver held in that bank. When that deposit, that certificate of deposit, is presented at a bank for a redemption in specie, then that certificate of deposit should be destroyed. And this is where it gets bad. Because obviously, banks don't like to do that. They like to rehypothecate that gold. They like to reuse it to create more money out of thin air but notice that the money that those banks are creating is still not debt-based fiat money all they're doing is creating a system of fraud so i think the next thing that is going to have to be done is careful consideration of what kind of reserve requirement are you if any are you going to stipulate that banks maintain uh, Obviously basing a system on on this type of, of system means there are severe constraints placed on the creation of money and credit. But nonetheless, uh, the issue of reserve requirements is going to have to be the next step in this philosophical debate that's going on. Are you going to permit governments to issue treasury notes? on the actual productivity of the nation or of the state in, con- in conjunction with the use of certificates of deposit as a, a medium of exchange or not. This is the next big, huge issue. But Kansas is really taking a page out of the history books with the specificity of this law, and particularly the way that they are defining specie. So, uh, they are doing all the right things. If this, if this bill passes, watch it to spread to the other states that have done this. You're watching the states putting into place a, an alternative monetary system. But remember, the danger lurks that without convertibility, without specie being recognized as legal tender and the ability to use specie in everyday transaction to take your silver or your gold specie coin, regardless of its origination and use it at your local grocery store or any other business, uh, then it's, it's all for nothing. So the, the next thing we're going to have to do is figure out how do we, how do we publish, the news of these laws and how do we convince businesses that the laws mean what they say and enforce them this is, this is going to be the next big huge struggle but anyway kudos to Kansas um, you're watching kind of uh, the Jacksonian era version 2.0 uh, there were problems in the original era as anyone who studied it will tell you Uh, Martin Van Buren, of course, the successor to Andrew Jackson, was really kind of the brains behind this whole sound money movement. Uh, There were lots of laws that were passed under his administration, in some cases by his administration. So it's an interesting era to look into. Uh, Kansas is letting us know that that kind of thinking has not left us. Uh, Maybe this time around we'll have better luck with it. Anyway, That's it for today's news and views. Happy New Year to all of you. Again, thank you to all of you who sent articles and things to me over the vacation. Remember, we do have the vid chat. Get your questions and comments in by 10 o'clock tonight. I'll be there early tomorrow to kick off the new year with our first vid chat of 2024. Bye-bye, everybody, and we'll see you on the flip side. God bless.